Let's take our Bibles and turn to Judges chapter number 1. Judges chapter 1. Lord willing, be finishing this chapter 1 tonight. Talking about what comes next. After properly admonishing and warning Israel about being complacent, Joshua died in the absence of his leadership. There seemed to be a question about, well, what do we do now? What comes next? And that often happens when a leader passes off the scene. In part one of the message on this chapter, we cover the first 16 verses, and tonight we pick up in verse 17, Judges chapter 1 and verse number 17. And we, we see here, we see the tribe of Judah reciprocated the help that the tribe of Simeon gave them. Remember, uh, Judah asked Simeon to come, come with him and fight against the Canaanites over in verse 3. And he says, hey, when you, if you do that, I'll likewise go with thee. Well, here's that likewise. And here's where they, they, they went and helped Simeon. Verse 17, and, when, and Judah went with Simeon, uh, his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephath and uh, utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was called Hormah. And uh, also uh, Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof, Ascalon with the coast thereof, Ekron with the coast thereof, and the Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain. And we're going to stop right there. Okay, it looked like things were going pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, Judah did not forget the promise to Simeon. Uh, and when, he, when the time came to return the favor, uh, they returned the favor, and the Lord was with them. It's possible that some folks do not do well in life because they fail to fulfill a commitment. Make a commitment, say, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll help you, I'll do this, I'll do that, and then they'll follow through. And, uh, you know, we need to think about it. If we make a commitment to do something, follow through on the commitment. Uh, but we see Judah's failure in the valley. They uh, did real good there on, on, with the inhabitants of the mountain. But look at the latter part of verse number 19. It says, But could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Now the first half of verse 19 sounds wonderful. But when we see a failure mentioned here in the last half of, of verse 19, the failure to drive out the inhabitants of the valley, well, whose failure was that? Judging from what we know of the Lord, okay, and judging from the lame excuse that's recorded here, uh, it was a failure on the part of Judah. If the Lord was with Judah, and he was, it says that the Lord was with Judah, then they could have done anything that the Lord commanded them to do. Amen? I mean, they just could have, including driving out these inhabitants, and make no mistake, the Lord had commanded them to drive out all the wicked, heathen inhabitants of the land. After all, I want you to think about this. What are chariots of iron to the Lord God? I mean, the Lord God brought ten plagues against Egypt. He divided the Red Sea where they walked through on dry ground. He provided for Israel's every need in the wilderness. And uh, he had been with Israel every step of the way of their conquests up to this point, not failing them even one time, as long as they just moved forward and was obedient. Uh, the question that comes to mind is anything too hard for the Lord, right? Uh, we, we, we've heard that question before. That, that question was, the Lord posed it to Father Abraham, if you remember, in Genesis 18, verse 14, regarding his ability to cause a son to be born to Abraham and Sarah. 
Was the Lord able to do that? Most certainly was. And it happened. In fact, uh, they would not be in the promised land right now if the Lord had not done that. Uh, uh, because that, that would have wiped out uh, Israel's existence through Jacob. Now, later on the prophet Jeremiah would begin a prayer with these similar words. In Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Uh, Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by the, thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too hard for thee. The prophet recognized there is nothing too hard for the Lord. And the Lord began answering Jeremiah's prayer with Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. He said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And of course, the answer to that is no. There's nothing too hard for him. And then we even hear it in the, in, uh, the New Testament as the angel Gabriel spoke uh, these words to the Virgin Mary regarding all the miraculous things he spoke to her that was going to happen to her and happen to Elizabeth. And he's in Luke one thirty seven. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So why do we sometimes fail to trust the Lord to help us in our present with some of our problems when we know both who He is and His great power and when He has proven Himself in our past? You know, He proves Himself all the time and yet sometimes we doubt Him. We fail to trust Him. Why don't you look back at... Uh, Joshua chapter number 17 for a minute. Hold your place there. Joshua 17 and um, remind you of something we saw when we were in Joshua 17 verse number 14. Joshua 17 verse number 14. And the children of Joseph spake unto, uh, unto Joshua saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot, one portion to inherit? seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country. Cut down for thyself there the land of the Perizzites and of the giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley, notice this, the same lame excuse, have chariots of iron. Both they who are of Bethshean and her towns and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mount, the mountain shall be thine, uh, for it is wood, and thou shalt cut it down and the outgoings of it shall be thine. Thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. If you just move forward and do what God told you to do, uh, things will be okay. Just move forward. Don't, don't be looking at the iron chariots. And so that's what Joshua said to both Ephraim and Manasseh. Joshua knew the problem that they would face in the land of Canaan. But Joshua also knew that if the Lord delighted in them, they could do anything. Amen? Anything that the Lord asked them to do, they could do. And in Joshua 23, we saw Joshua remind Israel of what the Lord had already done. And Joshua 23, 9 says, For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. Uh, as long as they moved forward and they fought like God told them to fight, 
they were able to have the victory. But we know that the children of Israel were having troubles doing as the Lord commanded them even in Joshua's time. Joshua chapter number 18 verse 20 and verse 3. Joshua 18 verse 3 says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? Remember we're talking about them dilly-dallying around? You know? They should have none had it conquered. But they were, they were messing around. It, it, they, they were being slack. Listen, I want you to listen to me closely. Anything less than full obedience is disobedience. Anything less than full obedience is disobedience. And limited obedience results in limited blessings. Why couldn't Judah drive out the inhabitants of the valley like they did on the mountain? Because Judah's eyes were fixed on the iron chariots rather than on Almighty God. May, may we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. I mean, think about Peter in Matthew fourteen thirty when he was walking on the water out to Jesus and then the, uh, the boisterous winds distracted him from looking at Jesus and he began to sink. He got his focus uh, uh, broken with the boisterous winds. And uh, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, not on our problems. The Lord is bigger than all our problems. There's a song that we have on a recording. Uh, it's a Bill and Glory Gaither song called Bigger Than Any Mountain. Uh, Gethsemane Quartet is who sang it that we've got, got it by. But it, gets, it goes this way, Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the shadows that fall across my path, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than my confusion, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the giants of fear and unbelief, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my hang-ups, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. And just a, you know, or just a reminder, God is bigger than, uh, uh, than the iron, iron chariots and bigger than anything that, uh, that's even stronger than iron chariots. Amen. The promised land was freely given to Israel, but they had to fight the battles to take, take it into their possession. Uh, let me just refer you back to Judges 1 and verse 2, what it says here. And the Lord said, uh, Judah shall go up. Behold, what's the next phrase there? I have delivered the land into his hand. It's delivered. Well, you've got to go up, though, and take it. It's delivered into your hands. And if they had just moved forward, uh, the Lord would, would have taken them even there in the valley and they would have been successful. If the Lord had already delivered the, Judah's hand, why did, why, then why did Judah have to, to go up and fight with the Canaanites and take the land? Well, let me give you a few reasons here. The Lord wants His people actively involved in what He is doing in their midst. And that's true even today. And uh, they needed to learn to obey Him just like we do. We need to learn to obey, obey the Lord, don't we? They needed to learn to trust Him and we need to learn to trust Him, don't we? 
They need to learn to depend on Him. They need to learn to glorify Him. They need to, to, uh, to grow in Him. You know, we've been given so much in Christ. Uh, this past Sunday and the Sunday before, we looked at uh, eight benefits of justification by faith. Uh, and, but we said, if you remember, at the end of both of those messages, we said, you know, but it's up to us to appropriate them. They're, they're ours for the taking, but we've got to appropriate those benefits. When we believers possess our possessions in Christ, we learn to obey the Lord. We learn to trust Him. We learn to depend on Him. We learn to glorify Him and we grow in Him. Well, we see there in verse number 20, through the end of the chapter, we're going to see here, we see a continued failure to consistently heed the Lord, consistently obey the Lord, if you, if you will. Um, first of all, we see Caleb obeyed the Lord in verse 20. It says, And they gave, uh, they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled thence the three sons of Anak. Well, that's good. The children of Benjamin, though, did not fully obey the Lord in verse 21. It says, And the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem unto this day. So as of the end of the writing of the book of Judges, um, they were still there. Hmm. Less than full obedience. Disobedience. Then we see the house of Joseph. Now remember the house of Joseph includes Manasseh and Ephraim. Two children, remember? Manasseh and Ephraim. Uh, they didn't fully obey the Lord. Look at verse 22. Uh, and the house of Joseph, they also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. That's, that's all they needed right there. And the house of Joseph sent to describe uh, Bethel. Now the name of the city before was Luz. And the spies saw a man come forth out of the city, and they said unto him, Show us, we pray thee, the entrance into the city, and we will show thee mercy. Uh, well, they, they, uh, just a little confusing there. They saw him come forth out of the city. And they asked him where the entrance of the city is at. Oh, it's where I came out of. <laughs> uh, so what they did here in, in showing him mercy, notice verse 25, when he showed them the entrance into the city, they smote the city with the edge of the sword, but they let, the, let go the man and all his family. Well, Little disobedience turns into big things. Look at verse 26. And the man went into the land of the Hittites and built a city called the name, name thereof Luz, which is the name thereof unto this day. So as of the end of the book of Judges, they were there uh, in the land of the Hittites, um, had not been driven out. They, were told, they weren't, weren't told to let anybody off the hook. They weren't told to do that at all. They were, were not told to show mercy. They were told to utterly drive out the inhabitants. Um, look at verse 27. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and her towns, nor Teonic and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Ibliam and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong 
that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. Uh, Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. So we see there uh, the house of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim, they did not fully obey the Lord. Uh, Hold your place there. Uh, Look back at Joshua chapter number 17 for just a minute. And uh, we see a little bit more said about this here. Joshua 17 and verse number 11. Joshua 17 verse number 11 says, And Manasseh had in Issachar and in Asher, Bethshean and her towns and Iblium, and her towns and the inhabitants of Dor and her towns and the inhabitants of Endor and her towns and the inhabitants of Taanach and her towns and the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns, even three countries. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxen strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. Now, if they had the power to be able to put them to tribute, you think they had the power to drive them out? I think there's a lack of will here. They didn't want to. And they, well, you know, what's, uh, they, they, they thought uh, maybe they could uh, see a little more profitability in something else that was going on there. Um, so, uh, the house of Joseph uh, did not fully obey the Lord. The children of Zebulun did not fully obey the Lord. Back in our text, in verse 30, look at verse 30, neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalo. But the Canaanites dwelt among them and became tributaries. Uh, Asher, same way, did not fully obey the Lord. Verse 31 32 here, look at, neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, nor the inhabitants of Zidon, nor of Alab, nor of Akzib, nor of Helba, nor of Aphik, nor of Rehob. But the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Okay, and so they couldn't, but they did not drive them out. That's more along the line of what what truly happened. It's not not that they couldn't; it's that they didn't. Um, the uh, children of Naphtali, the same way. They did not fully obey the Lord, verse 33 there. Neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Bethshemesh, nor the inhabitants of Bethanath. But he, he dwelt among the Canaanites, and the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Bethshemesh and, uh, and Beth, Bethanath became tributaries unto them. Um, then uh, we see the children of Dan did not fully obey the Lord. Verse 34, And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come down to the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in Mount Heres, in Ajalon, and in Shealbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became tributaries. And the coast of the Amorites was from the going up to Agrabim from the rock and upward. So that takes us to the end of chapter number one. Um, 
So the question tonight, is our life as a believer going to be like the book of Joshua or the book of Judges? Just as the book of Joshua is mostly about winning, so the book of Judges is mostly about sinning. They didn't didn't carry out what the Lord told them to do. Obedience or disobedience is what makes all the difference. And uh, we need to learn to obey. Amen. Obey the Lord fully. All right, we'll pick up uh, in chapter number two, Lord willing, next week, and we're going to see what the result of all this was. Hmm, not good. Well, when you fail to obey the Lord um, and you provide a bad example to your kids, bad things happen, and we're going to see those bad things. All right, let's uh, pull out the prayer list. We'll pray for the needs that are there. We'll be dismissed with this prayer.